0: Summoned the Screenwriters Podcast, the Premier Podcast, welcoming both veteran and up-and-coming horror screenwriters, Slayercraft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now your hosts. Merry Christmas Eve everybody! Audience members throughout the world! In all 30 countries we're listened to, whatever you celebrate, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays in general to All of our listeners of Screamwriters Podcast, how you doing, everybody? We are excited to be here on this Christmas Eve. Some places blustery, some places warm, you know, wherever you are on the globe, because you're all over the place. We are so excited to spend our Christmas Eves with you, and when I say our, I mean myself, Patrick Mediate, New York in June, on Twitter, and... My fab guest host for season two, Katie Moyer. Grus
0: von Krampus. Kr- yeah, oh yeah, happy that's Krampus. right. I
1: forgot. Like the the most important one, Happy Krampus. The most
0: important horror holiday.
1: right? Krampusnacht. <laughs>
0: Krampusnacht.
1: Krampusnacht. Okay. We we totally forgot Krampusnacht. So yes, happy if you celebrate yes. that so, Bruce von too. Krampus. And Bruce von Krampus. Brüfrant Krampus. Yeah. Happy Krampus to you. I hope you find the bell under your bed or wherever it is. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, good luck to you because, you know, you end up in a crystal ball somewhere. What was that thing? Like a snow globe somewhere? Yeah, I mean,
0: that's that's not exactly the, the lore, but uh, yeah. we'll accept it for the movie purposes. That's okay.
1: We're going based on the movie. So, yeah. What it about was fun. Are you watching any cool horror movies on this Christmas Eve? I, I do watch Christmas Story, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a Christmas horror movie in itself sometimes i think it's kind of scary a lot of parts
0: we watched on i believe it's on hbo max called 8-bit christmas which is not horror but it was so much better than i thought it was going to be it was so it was very good new heartwarming i if you didn't watch it 8-bit christmas is very fun and very heartwarming and fun for the whole family really yes
1: i saw that as well i enjoyed it yeah i I very much enjoyed it. it yeah so uh, you got to watch Christmas Story. But, you got to watch the yeah. usual Christmas goodies. But what about Christmas? I, I mean, I love Krampus. I, I watched that already, you know, in the lead up. But I also like the old school. Like, I like Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's one of my favorites. It's yeah. so campy and old, right? Naughty. Naughty. <laughs> Naughty. How about you? Yeah. What about you? What do you watching?
0: Um, well, I'm a big fan of Scrooged. Which oh, while the comedy one. has a
1: horrifying
0: moment Oh, how do I keep forgetting yes.
1: that that's like it has such great horror elements in it? Oh
0: gosh, yeah. The oh. the third ghost. Oh, the ghost yes. of Christmas Future. Yes.
1: Ooh. The um Yes, the the hooded thing with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And, the, and, and the then the body coffin. of
0: all the souls that's so Freddy. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: his and hate to like give this away, but like then at the end with Bill Murray where he's in the mm-hmm. coffin and he's like, Oh no! burn me. Oh God, yeah, so good. I'm gonna watch that one now too. You've inspired me to watch the. Yeah, it's
0: every year you gotta watch Scrooged and you gotta watch Gremlins. We'll be watching (sighs) Gremlins tonight. Gremlins, yes, yes, Gremlins. Yeah, which forever and always, I like cannot listen to. Like, do you hear what I I hear? That's right,
1: with the big and the cookie gingerbread cookies, and it's like
0: yes, but that song still like sets me on edge because of that movie. Like. (laughs)
1: Yep, for sure. I mean, I consider any movie with snow a Christmas horror movie because it's kind of that time of year. I mean, Misery could be a Christmas horror movie. You're all cozy in the house and it's all snowy outside.
0: I got I got a few higher requirements like that. Must, that feels more like a January film, maybe a February maybe. film, yeah, like when you want to stay in because it's so cold and it's still winter. But the fun part is past. But I really you know, you got to have the lights. You got to have some uh, some music, even if it's just playing in a department store in the background. Mm-hmm. Those are the got to be the qualifications for the Christmas movie.
1: Good qualifications. Is Edward hit yeah. Scissorhands considered a Christmas movie? I mean, yeah. Yeah, sort of is, is. because. It's, well, and so
0: it- is Batman Returns.
1: Yes, I agree on that. Yep. I agree. On that. And there's there's one that's Probably my favorite Christmas horror movie in recent memory that came out just a few years ago that I'm purposely not mentioning. And maybe some of mm. our listeners have guessed between, you know, the outro in last week's episode and what we kind of talked about teasing our guests for today. But we do indeed have one of the best horror Christmas screenwriter crossovers ever on the show today with uh, his Christmas horror movie. And I cannot be more excited to, to get him on.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. This film has become another Christmas staple in our house. So consistently so good and so surprising, even if you've seen it.
1: Yeah. And, and for him to join us on this Christmas Eve, I couldn't have asked for a better season two Christmas horror hybrid guest.
0: It really spreads the holiday cheer. Really
1: yeah, does. he's, he's going to spread it. He's going to spread it all over in about two seconds because <laughs> we, we got him coming on the show. And I don't even want to banter anymore, Katie, because I know we are pros at bantering and singing mm-hmm. Christmas jingly songs or else. But we could say sing- Christmas songs. We got the best guest ever on today and he's coming on right now. Let's introduce the guest. What do you think? I like it. So our guest today is Zach khan and uh if you don't know who zach khan is he wrote a little movie called I better watch out <sighs> better watch out have you seen better watch out katie
0: of course i've seen better watch also like known
1: also known as
0: staple also known as safe neighborhood
1: safe neighborhood safe neighborhood yes. was it's actually on some of the posters um better watch out fans out there that haven't seen it but anyway zach khan on the show today so a little bit about zach uh, after film school, Zach got a start as a writer, producer, and director in the promo department at Nickelodeon in New York. Uh, go figure! I actually applied for a job in the like tape department at Nickelodeon back when I was fresh out of college. Didn't get that job. Went through like. Five interviews, probably better off that I didn't because I ended up in better places. But um, that is so cool that he worked for Nickelodeon in New York right in Times Square. He's been a staff writer on shows for Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and has also written for Sony Crackle as well as multiple ad campaigns. Zach is also a published author and an actor who has appeared in numerous television commercials. Without further ado,
2: Mr. Zach, Khan. Thank you so much for having him. Really psyched to be here. Nice to meet both of you.
1: We're going to get right into the questioning like we like to do. Tell us about your experience with Better Watch Out, which to me was such a fantastic original take on the Christmas horror movie, particularly writing the screenplay, getting it made, all that fun stuff. I've seen this film multiple, multiple times. Just talk to us about your, your whole process with Better Watch Out from start to finish, page to screen.
2: Well, I mean, I guess for me it really came down to like I'm such a hardcore fan of the genre I guess like you know everyone listening all of us it's just like an insatiable almost like a drug and I see all the movies if something is a horror or a thriller I have to see it that Thursday opening no matter what and I wanted to write something that I had never seen before while keeping in mind that I know the audience that's watching these films has seen all the same movies that I've seen so you have to sort of take that into consideration if you want to actually surprise So I'm a huge fan of like twists and gimmicks and all the fun and games that you get to do with like, you know, horror and thriller. And I guess added to that, I really like contained isolated location thrillers and also like stories that take place linearly as one standalone event, like movies like Red Eye or Judgment Night or Unhinged or Vacancy, like there's so many, Open Water, Breakdown, list goes on. So taking all those ingredients of what I really like the next element was, you know, when I was a kid, younger than Luke, I had a crush on my babysitter. And I remember thinking, you know, but my parents are only five years apart, which is the line that Luke says to Ashley in the movie. And it's just such a misguided, immature grasp of how reality and how relationships work. But at, you know, at such a young age, first crushes can feel very intense and have such, you know, gravitas and, That's where the similarities between Luke and myself end, for sure. There was this story that happened one Saturday night while um, she was babysitting me. I was younger than Luke. I legitimately thought there was someone in the house, like a burglar or whatever. I'm sure there wasn't. It was just my little imagination. But I told her, I thought I heard someone in the house, and she yelled out, There better not be, because I know Taekwondo. Wait, I wish
1: my babysitter would have said something that cool, because I kind of had a crush on my babysitter, too. But, like, for my babysitter to say that would have been amazing. Lucky guy.
2: The crush on the babysitter is, like, sort of universal, or at least just the innocence of the first crush, you know? But, yeah, so that act, like, stuck with me. And then, of course, Ashley yells that out in the movie. So I took these two little crumbs and then developed a premise. And once I thought of the twist, I had a good feeling, or like at least I hoped, I, had, I was hopeful that I had something special, you know. And then I purposefully positioned the twist at such a non traditional place in the script, like from a pacing perspective, to sort of punctuate it and make it more impactful and even more unexpected. And I put a lot of faith in the twist and the characters. And then I wrote the whole thing in about eight months. You know, I'm definitely not someone to look up to when it comes to how long it takes to write a script. I know that's considered to be, from what I've heard, not, you know, the best turnaround, but it typically takes me about eight months. So I just wrote it like as a spec kind of out of thin air. It was originally titled Safe Neighborhood. It was titled Safe Neighborhood all the way through the first test screenings, I believe.
1: There are some posters and art that exists with Safe Neighborhood written on it as well.
2: Yeah, and like the crew shirts and the productions of Safe Neighborhood. But yeah, there are some remnants of the original artwork online that I've seen. So, you know, I distributed it to the usual circle of friends and mentors and writers and not just professionals, but it's also important to me. I always get feedback from non-professionals just as viewers because their opinions are just as important, if not more important, because they're the ones going to see your movie. And I take, you know, all the feedback into account. And uh, one of my friends happened to be working with one of the producers at the time, and I just sort of sent it to him on a whim. Hey, I have this new thriller. I, you know, do you want to read it? And he called me the next day and he was really psyched on it and got it moving pretty quickly, you know. And then they brought on Chris Peckover, who, you know, was just an incredible director. and He elevated and enhanced everything along with the producers. And yeah, they just did such a kick-ass job. And the cast, which is like my favorite part of the whole thing, they couldn't possibly have done a better job. So I got really lucky, yeah.
1: Yeah, pitch perfect casting is what I, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, just curious, uh, along your route with the screenplay, once you finished it, you know, you have this mm-hmm. success story. Did you have any non success stories? Like, did you did you ever show it to anyone and they were like, this is abysmal? I would never do this one. You know, like how Titanic went to five million studios before they actually made it. Did that happen to you? Did anyone read it and not
2: enjoy it? I've been constantly writing screenplays. So, with my previous, I'd say, eight effort, there was that response here and there but with this with safe neighborhood no one was like no this is abysmal like it didn't really go out that wide like there was a little bit of pushback like how are we going to advertise this you know we don't think we could advertise properly or is it too dark because it features children who what audience is this for really but then one of the one producer who saw it the way that i saw it just you know kicked it into high gear as soon as he Realized its potential.
1: Someone did at some point, like pass on it before it got had the success and the win of the producer that really yeah knew it and understood it and and wanted to do it.
2: Yeah, probably only about like two or three parties were aware of it before it got optioned by the other. I got extremely lucky. I mean, usually you know I send things out much wider, and something will get a bite, and something might happen, and blah 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 blah. But this one, you know, after years and years and years of trying and entering contests and just alternating between comedy and horror and blah 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 finally this one you know this is the one so there's a lot to be said for perseverance
1: yeah so you you really did the festival route you did the contest route like uh, many are doing i mean i know i'm doing that currently with everything i do i just do that to kind of gauge and test the waters and see how reactions are going to be so so you actually did that back before you you actually made it with safe neighborhood or better watch out as it's known to be called now
2: oh sure yeah i mean tons and tons of screenplay contests a few of them i placed i don't know second or third with two or three of my scripts but like nothing ever came of it um depends on the contest and the timing and what the market's looking for but i've entered contests just this year where new material just for the hell of it you know if nothing else you can get unbiased coverage and that's always helpful I'm a big proponent of of contests I've seen that I've seen contests do a lot of good for my peers
1: mm-hmm, definitely and how many screenplays did you write before you hit it big I know you said you kind of went from comedy to horror to back and forth a little bit what is like your actual canon of screenplays look like at this point
2: so I think that I wrote six or seven before Safe Neighborhoods, and then since Safe Neighborhood, I've written five, and of those five, two of them are spoken for. One of them was approaching production, but COVID knocked it down, of course, and Ugh, bummer. just getting, you know, that was a real bitch for the whole industry, but it's, that's getting back on its feet, and I'm really excited about that one it's like a it's like a 90s throwback romantic thriller kind of like wild things almost i'm super excited about that and then i have another one that i'm developing with this incredibly talented young actor and then i have some other ones, one which is brand new and another one that needs a home. There's some new stuff that I'm incredibly excited about to get out there.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to see more. And I, one question I had, though, about Better Watch Out is, I mean, Safe Neighborhood, Better Watch Out. But when you wrote it as Safe Neighborhood, I mean, first of all, was it always designed to be a Christmas movie? Because it yes. does feel like it could happen at any time. So then, because the answer is yes, what inspired you to want to make a Christmas horror movie?
2: That's a good question, yes. Obviously, if we're being honest, the event of Better Watch Out could certainly unfold in a non-seasonal atmosphere. However, I just love Christmas. Sounds cliche, but the sights and sounds, and it's cheesy, but I don't care. I just love Christmas. And, you know, the candy-coated aesthetics of it all. But specifically, what inspired this movie to be a Christmas movie is once I had the premise and the twist in place, I was brainstorming jump scares, essentially, and like, you know, little gags that could happen in the first act, primarily. And the first gag that I thought of was something that actually never made it into the final movie. In the opening, Mr. Lerner, Luke's father, is fussing with the timer on the Christmas tree and he just can't get it to work. And then later, when Luke and Ashley are tiptoeing through the dark house, I had the tree just come on, blaring light and sound as like a really hard jump scare. And that was my first thought of like, wait, maybe something Christmassy is going on. And then I thought of the gag of the Santa statue being mysteriously moved around the house. And once I had those in place, I realized it just had to be a Christmas movie. And it just seemed like a perfect fit, like with the, the coziness and the snowy Christmas vibe. So, you know, even though it's not integral to the plot, it's really about the aesthetics of it for me. It, the warm, inviting, familiar feel of Christmas is so calming and inviting that when this batshit mayhem starts, it feels, you know, even more jarring.
0: Yeah, I think that the idiosyncratic kind of nature of the approach to Christmas, like it definitely adds to the overall antics that happen. And I think there are a lot of Christmas horror movies that capitalize on that. I like the candy coatedness and uh, you know, corn syrup and blood and all that yeah, good yeah. stuff. So <laughs>
1: exactly. There's also something creepy about Christmas. I mean, I know Christmas is such a like a joyous holiday, but there's also something creepy about it Especially the lawn Santas <laughs> Like just there's something creepy yeah. about lawn Santas. There's something eerie about Christmas that I can't put my finger on Well,
0: I think it's a straight an old stranger is coming into your house and leaving <laughs> you gifts and eating cookies out of your <laughs> trays,
1: that, like. that could be it. That yeah. could be it Katie.
2: That's a barrage of crimes right there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, some someone oh, yeah. coming down your 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 uh, fireplace, coming into your house—that that's terrifying.
2: That reminds me, of course, of like the the Tales from the Crypt episode with the Santa Claus, which. Scared oh, the hell out of me. Yeah, the Robert Zemeckis yeah. episode. Yeah.
0: It's the second episode of the series.
2: Yeah. I saw that when I was way too young. It just terrified the hell out
1: of me. Yeah, he was, a scary, <laughs> he was a scary old Santa. He really was. There's not many, if you think about it, which I think is something that makes Better Watch Out so unique and fun, is there aren't many Christmas horror movies out there. There are a few select movies that I believe stand up in narrative, script, overall production value. There are knockoff movies that are just, you'll never see in a million years, but there are only a few select good ones. What are some of your favorite holiday horror films, like crossover films?
2: Well, I guess The Tales from the Crypt isn't really a film, but I, you know, I really like P2. I didn't mm. love, love, love. The first time I saw it, I didn't absolutely love it, but it's, it's grown on me a lot. I think it's so entertaining. And like tight and efficient and i have grown to really like p2 gremlins obviously is just it's gremlins so you have to love it black christmas i think all of the versions have their merit krampus which wasn't out at the time that i wrote better watch out but it- so much fun. I mean, you can't it never get old. I love Krampus. And then I know there's a, a brand new one, right, called Silent Night that I heard good things about. I haven't seen it yet, but I hope to see it very soon.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's 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 great, and I, I can't wait to see it either. And I keep, for some reason, I keep forgetting the title of it. I, I keep thinking it's called New Year's Eve for some reason, but like, <laughs> I don't know why, but like, I, I, I'm trying to seek it out and find it. I, don't, I think it's streaming at this point, but um yeah, it does look very good.
2: Yeah, New Year's Eve is probably one of those gary marshall ashton <laughs> picture <Yeah>. julia <laughs> robert yep
1: pretty much well
0: there's new year's evil
2: oh
1: okay
0: that's a good yeah, title that, a good it's title. A, yeah it's a it's real it's pretty it's a weird movie it's a, but it's you know standard slasher 80s look it up new year's evil what
2: did i miss though what got what do you guys like as far as christmas horror that i forgot to mention oh,
1: oh.
0: rare exports
2: Yes, that's oh, of one of Katie's rare. favorite rare. Number exports. 1
0: all-time favorite. <laughs> I was going to mention because I think there's like with Christmas movies you kind of you develop traditions around Christmas and there's a yeah. rewatchability to certain holiday Gremlins is a huge one you gotta watch Gremlins every Christmas for me of course Where Exports is one I watch every year I will say the last two years Better Watch Out has been added to the list I've definitely gotten that's I mean great. if we're not watching it tonight we'll be watching it tomorrow
2: that's awesome that I'm so grateful like so grateful it found its audience because you know it has limited theatrical on the same day as VOD and obviously if you're not a hard nut like us then it probably wasn't on your radar but it's just so awesome that it kind of found its
1: audience my favorite christmas horror movie holiday horror movie would probably be home for the holidays with uh, holly hunter robert <laughs> downey jr that just terrifies the shit out of me and bancroft <laughs> yeah. that movie that movie is just a scary freaking movie yeah. I'll tell you. <laughs> Too relatable. <laughs> too relatable. Be, beware. Beware. Can't yeah. get through it.
0: Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit too because you'd previously worked in comedy. I think that shows through too in Better Watch Out. Explain to us, tell us about the transition from comedy into horror. And are you like sticking with horror? Are you doing building the comedy into that too? What does that look like for you?
2: I did start out with comedy but I've always been such a fan of horror like from a very young age I got into it through Chucky because I was interested in practical special effects and so from a very young age I was always doing horror thriller stuff on the side even when comedy was the focus you know I would alternate originally I would go comedy screenplay horror thriller screenplay comedy but then I realized I just had more fun screenplay wise with horror thriller because To me, they're like puzzles you get to put together with all the setups and payoffs. Like you plant something on like on page four that comes back on page 82. And, you know, I love that stuff. And you don't get to do that quite in exactly the same way in comedy. So when it comes to features, I just sort of like to stick with thriller and horror, at least for now, because they're more immediately appealing most of the time to me. They're more inherently gripping right away to me, at least. And, you know, as far as Better Watch Out, I didn't write it thinking of it or, you know, as a comedy. And I honestly still don't think of it as a comedy. I know that it's billed in various places as a comedy horror. In some places, it's unfortunately incorrectly billed as a family movie. And I feel badly for anyone that goes under it with that. No, yeah, to me. It's, it's a horror movie. You know, uh, people are dying. It's It's dark as hell. I mean, there are funny moments, for sure. There's many funny lines in it. But I wouldn't say the tone is a comedy, but then again, that's just me. I can certainly understand why some people would consider it a comedy. It sounds like
0: you, like you have, like, there is comedy and there is horror. And I think, like, lately, recently, there's been a lot of horror comedies. Have you ever thought of just marrying the two ideas and
2: going that route? Like, when I've seen it done well, I applaud it, and I think it's just fantastic. And I'm like, wow, they nailed it. But it's not something at this time that I'm looking to do. I think that horror and thriller, again for me personally, just hits harder when it's very steady-handed and takes itself very seriously. Sort of dictates to the audience, like, look, we're not fucking around. This is this is serious. You know, there's a lot of weight to this situation. And like of course, that, yeah. you, mm-hmm. you need the relief. You need everything needs some relief from the tension, of course. But for the most part, I don't think that's something I'm trying to blend at this time.
1: What are your approaches? How do they differ between horror and comedy scripts? Do you, you know, I I think in process, in rules that you abide by for each, do you have certain mentalities you go into when starting one or the other genre?
2: With comedy, it can be a lot more premise-based a lot of the time, whereas, to be honest, with horror and thriller content, A lot of the time, I know that everyone will tell you character, 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 and they're right. It's all about the characters. But just for a spark of an idea, a lot of the times I'll think of a scare. You know, it could be a jump scare. It could be a setup payoff thing. It could be any sort of thread of something that's so tasty. I know that I have to use it. Maybe it's going to open the script. Maybe it's going to be part of the twist. But just some element that gets me so excited that I have to write around it. And that's how a lot of the seeds of my ideas for horror thriller have sort of taken off. And that's just such a fun part of it. Like, you know, once you think of, wow, wouldn't it, I've never seen, you know, I've never seen this scare before. That would be really, really entertaining and engaging. Now, how can I build around that? Oh, wait a minute. If we're doing this, we could do this. Oh, and then I could use this idea that I've had for four years waiting for an opportunity, you know, and then you just build around it. And that's just my process. I don't know if that's right or wrong or advisable, but that's just what it is for me.
0: Curious about what that looks like. Like, are you outlining? Do you have, you know, a murder board that has little red lines connecting (laughs) index cards? Like, what does that (laughs) process look like when you're mapping out what the end script will
1: be? Do you light scented candles or have, like, soft music playing or something, (laughs) like organ music?
2: That's a good question. Well, number one is I read screenplays constantly. I've read the screenplay for The Hand That Rocks The Cradle and Sleeping With The Enemy, like, dozens of times. Those are... Two of my favorites, by the way. So I read a lot of screenplays. I go to the movies a lot. I'm a big fan of the theatrical experience. When I'm at the movies, even if it's a bad movie, sometimes I just sort of zone out and start thinking of my own ideas. But it's just very encouraging to be in that setting. So I do a lot of my brainstorming out in the wild, like whether it's walking around or at a coffee shop or even like at a concert. That's where I'm just sort of grasping for creative ideas just out of the ether. and then once i have something that's starting to look like an outline i'll go into a quiet office setting i even bought like noise cancellation headphones just to sort of completely drown everything out and concentrate 100 percent on the dialogue because like i need to hear the dialogue as it's being written and have like zero distractions so it's very divided you know the brainstorm Like fishing for ideas process looks very unrefined in my position. And then, you know, the quiet, dedicated, regimented office setting is how I execute everything.
1: No, I love that. And how how many drafts do you usually end up doing? Like for for Better Watch Out, how many drafts did you end up with at the end of the day?
2: I think 45 or 46 before Mm -hmm. I handed it off. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm a perfectionist. So I kept scraping away at it.
1: Yeah, and I think, I don't know how you operate, but with when I do drafts, I do a comparable amount of drafts. I guess if you were to look at my saved folder of different draft saves I do, it's probably that mm-hmm. or more. Do you consider a draft uh, a full pass or or do you consider like another draft, even small tweaks that you've done to certain scenes and then just resaved, Or do you consider that 45 true read-throughs of the entire thing 45 times and, and solid real drafts?
2: Well, somewhere in the middle. you know, If I just go in and tweak a few things or just tweak less than a full scene, then I won't consider that a new draft. I'll just replace the previous one that was numbered that. But if close to a considerable amount of things change then I'll count it as a new draft, they're definitely not page one rewrite 45 times. And then of course, every now and I like to write linearly, but every now and then I will get really excited about a scene and leave a placeholder and jump ahead to what i know i can get on paper that day and then come back to fill in the blanks later
1: when better watch out finally went into production were you continually tweaking things or does what we see on the screen pretty much close to the draft that you had pre-production or just before your you know you got your first shot off
2: well someone's Chris. Peckover, the awesome director, was brought in. He did, you know, some passes at it. And the producers and Chris, we had talks about what was changing. And I gave them my feedback on everything. And sometimes they agreed with me. Sometimes they didn't. There were a couple situations where they were like, look, you know, this part is going in and we'd like you to provide some dialogue for it. And I did that. And sometimes they used it and sometimes they didn't. But, you know, I was looking at the shooting draft and even the final locked shooting draft there are some differences a lot of the dialogue in the movie that is finally on screen and that is because there was a lot of great great improv going on virginia madsen and patrick warburton's dialogue was entirely improvised on the day and that's completely they're doing and chris is doing they're definitely like the rudiments of things are definitely still there and it's all still the same twist and premise and characters but it's evolved and it's evolved for the better. And like I said, even from the final shooting script draft to screen, it still found ways to, you know, enhance itself.
1: When you were writing scenes, did you ever find that like you were really excited about seeing something, a particular scene in the film come to life? And then when you saw it, you were just like really super excited or vice versa. Did you ever, did you write anything and you were like, ah, this is, this is not quite as I envisioned it. Or did everything really just come to life as you imagined it to be on the page while you were writing it. Because, you know, if coming from someone, and I know a lot of our listeners are really up and coming, um, and myself, not having seen any of my features on the screen yet, I always wonder that. How did that look for you coming to life?
2: It's enormously rewarding, the fact that I was sitting in my basement room in Griffith Park, coming up with these characters out of thin air, and now they're like on T-shirts and... People photographed the DVD cover next to Christmas trees. It's like I could not possibly be more grateful. Luke and Ashley pretty much look like I envisioned them in the script when I was writing it. And even the parents, it really just all came together. So I couldn't possibly be more grateful to the crew, the cast. And... You know, the fans that have come out of the woodwork over the years, it's, it's a huge thrill. It's obviously one of the best things that ever happened to me, and I could not be more thankful that people have fun with it.
1: Absolutely wonderful, and I think that's something that everybody wants to hear, and it's makes... Everything sounds so exciting and hopeful. And I think everybody's got their vision boards and their minds going, just like imagining their works coming to life and how that feels. And when you say that, I think everybody that's listening, including myself, gets that feeling of like, wow, you know, I can't wait to feel something like that. I can't wait to see my characters come to life in that way.
2: I mean, when you try for so long, you start to lose hope. Like, I think I had the balls to write such sick content because part of me is like, well, I guess here's another one that probably no one's going to buy. and it sort of takes the mirror away from it and it's like the safety net is gone and you just I just sort of went for it even though it's so fucking dark and then it Mm. did find its audience
0: you were able to over like you maybe there were some limitations it sounds like that were being put because there was that pressure of finding you know production and when you let yourself let go of that you ended up getting production
2: (laughs) yeah I that remind like so in the film school I wanted to make this short film about it took place on a beach and it was we were in new york city and i said to my professor you know what am i supposed to do like i really need a beach setting but we're in manhattan and he goes if you dream beach you write beach and it will happen and it did you know and we figured it out some but it's like what he's saying is basically like don't let it limit you like if you like write whatever the hell you want and then it'll find a way or if it's meant to change, then it'll change. You know, I don't like to put any sort of restriction on the writing process. You may not be at liberty to
1: talk about this, or you may not have any thoughts about this, or you may want to talk about this. But I'm, I'm just curious. This film, Better Watch Out, is known for its twists, and it may be the most fun, twisty movie I've ever seen. And I was spe- speaking to you before the interview started and saying, literally, I saw this a year after the first time I saw it, and I was still shocked by the twists and didn't see anything coming which is is a huge accomplishment have you ever thought about doing a sequel or uh, like a better watch out 2 given the the arcs and the way things play out i mean it's it's a, certainly a possibility and something can be done is that something you've ever thought about or anything that's been considered or is that like a hush hush thing
2: or it's been definitely talked about i have two ideas so one idea i discussed with chris and then i've had a newer idea that i haven't really run by anyone yet but they both utilize Levi and Olivia, as adults, obviously, I would never dream of trying to recast the young roles. And, you know, time will tell. I think I would be happy either way. If this is a standalone film, that's perfectly fine by me. And perhaps it's meant to be a standalone film. But of course, there's been a lot of discussion about it. And, you know, we're all open to it. And we're just sort of playing it by ear. I can tell you that I personally would be pleased with either of
1: them question because a lot of our listeners like i said are up and coming screenwriters are you repped by an agent manager like and and if so how did you end up first getting repped because a lot of writers out there and you know we talk in the community it's like you got to get a manager first and or you know and then maybe an agent and then that's how you are able to get into places to be seen because without that it's you know, it's hard to even, nobody wants to look at your stuff because it doesn't have, it's not backed by someone legitimate. Talk a little bit about that if it's something you have an, an experience with.
2: Like, I remember Woody Allen came to my college to speak. He said, you know, everyone gets representation and makes it in their own way. There's no one path. That really stuck with me. But to answer your question, um, no, I do not have representation anymore as far as literary stuff. I have a general business manager and then I have an agent for other things, other projects, but not a literary rep for screenwriting. I did have one that I got uh, right when Better Watch Out was about to be released, I did partner with a manager, but they were leaning more towards comedy while I started to skew almost exclusively towards horror. So I decided to just sort of go out on my own and we, you know, parted on great terms and were still very friendly. I send things to my mentors and friends and other writers. But having said that, if someone is listening that wants to rep me, I got, you know, scripts ready to go. So please do.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. We ha- we do have managers and agents that do listen to the show. Uh, we've we've been reached out to a few people that just love listening and love hearing. And we we've had three so far up and coming screenwriters that have been on the show who are now repped by major a- agencies. Our uh, see, one of our season one guests, Jessica Kane, just got repped by Gersh, which is phenomenal.
2: That's incredible. You know, I even thought of <laughs> pitching my latest one on Twitter, like throwing the log line out there and seeing if I could be first asshole to sell something off <laughs> on twitter but <laughs> Dude, we've been we crazier
1: Dude, uh, much I'm crazier all
2: about all about publicity stunts but i don't know if that's really the right thing to do but
1: well everybody you know, knows who you are i mean everybody knows your name everybody knows your film that you're extremely well known for at this point so uh i would be shocked If you uh, made it known that you're not represented, that that, uh, you wouldn't get calls, you know, your answering machine wouldn't fill up, voicemail wouldn't fill up.
2: Well, I appreciate that. You know, I have all my scripts are something sort of high concept, twisty, gimmicky, and extremely, Mm. extremely commercial, which I am proud to say, like, I'm just very attracted to commercial stuff. So I think that's what I love to write. So yeah, you know, mention the podcast for 20% off.
1: For sure, for sure. Do you ever collaborate with anyone? Do you, um, yeah. you know, I'm just asking in general, do you like to write secularly or do you like to collaborate with other writers and, and all that? Oh, both,
2: both for sure. Like One of them, I have this one that's like an action thriller and I brought on my really good friend who's quite an accomplished screenwriter and he was just so into the idea. I was like, all right, so I'm going to hash this out, you hash this out and then let's get together and just we go on a... Google Docs in the same room and we just write it in front of each other and we alternate and it's a lot of fun. You know, in the case of Safe Neighborhood, it didn't work like that. Both ways of writing can be fun because it can become very isolating, of course, sitting in a room alone, slaving over something. And it's always great to have some, someone to bounce things off of. So yeah, I've had, I've had a two or three situations where it started out as a collaboration and they've been very positive experiences.
1: I agree with you that I, I like collaborating with others. I, I've collaborated with my third collaboration right now with um, my friend Aaron, who's, we did one that just finished and we're doing collaborating another. But uh, in between then, I did like a, secular screenplay or just myself, I enjoy the process more with someone else because it becomes like this, this partnership, you know what I mean? I can, you yeah. just kind of see each other at a partner's desk, uh, even though now it's all virtual with like Google docs and stuff, but you can bounce things off each other. You can have fun. You can get excited together. You have someone else to get excited with that shares your sentiment about yeah. things,
2: you know, you text them randomly an idea at two in the morning. I yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah well
0: speaking of exciting one thing we always like to kind of cap off our um interviews with is a simple question or it can be complex you know that's up to you but uh zach what scares you uh
2: the news i would say mm. the news uh, good one. like the, the world is sick but like not in a fun entertaining popcorn way i avoid movies that are too close to reality like i'll never see like a 9 11 movie for example it's just doesn't interest me so mm-hmm. anything that's too close to real life i don't know if you've seen the news but it's fucking terrifying mm-hmm.
1: it's absolutely terrifying and you know all news like across the board real fake <laughs> it's still scares the shit out of me too
2: good yeah, answer. i much yeah.
0: prefer the safe space of horror
2: movies <sighs> yeah it's crazy but yeah that's it's crazy that we turn <laughs> to horror to alleviate the real world
1: what are you, um, Zach, doing for Christmas this year? What's your What are your big plans since it's Christmas Eve and you know it's uh, we're, we're all feeling like in the in that zone where it's like let's escape the news, let's escape all the craziness of the real world, and spend some time with people we love and and all of that. What What are you up to this year?
2: So I'm going to see my family and friends for the holidays, and then I'm doing my annual. Of course, it wasn't last year because of COVID. And here's the part where I'm sure many people are going to give me shit. And tease me about it, but I'm going to see fish in New York, which is my oh. annual tradition. Where I get to let loose and have four days of concerts at Madison Square Garden with these wonderful people from all walks of life, and mm. just like a four-day party. It's incredibly inspiring. I come out of the concerts with you know notes coming out of my pockets and pen all over my arms and hands for random ideas yeah, it sounds <laughs> like a breeding
0: ground for what you were talking about before with your idea the way ideas burn for you it sounds like a perfect yeah. place to get some new energy
2: yeah inspiration their songs, their songs are long and not many lyrics so you have quite a while to brainstorm yeah but what are you guys doing
0: for the holidays? Uh, yeah, we're at my dad's timeshare down in Southern California. Um, so d- we're just g- going to be close to family and friends tomorrow. We've got you know two houses to hit because uh, uh, both my husband and my family live in uh, live within like twenty minutes of each other. So uh, worked out pretty well, and uh, we get to have Evie's first Christmas. Uh, that's my daughter. Oh, nice!
2: Congratulations!
1: Yeah, yeah Evie. Hey. Evie is wonderful. Sometimes she makes appearances on the show, and she's uh, very vocal about her opinions on screenwriting and yeah, horror and she's all that a stuff. Loud so. she she can get quite loud but she's she's taking a break tonight because you know christmas eve like she's hanging out with her dad right
0: yes she is uh just in the other room hanging out with uh (laughs) hanging out with him
1: it's awesome yeah and i'm i'm actually for christmas i am spending time with my family my new ish nephew uh vincenzo he's wonderful i speak about him a lot on the show he's the love of my life like an incredible kid and my first nephew so we're spending time, time together with uh the family and everyone together
2: so. that's awesome yeah that's sure. great that's great
1: zach we really appreciate you coming on and, and spending your uh, 45 minutes with us here and your time with us here. We're excited to see what you do next, whether it's a sequel to Better Watch Out, whether it's another Christmas horror, whether it's a horror, whether it's a comedy, whatever it is, we'd love to catch up with you down the road. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe, a, yeah, maybe an agent listening and a manager listening will realize that you actually don't have a manager, an agent and be like, hey, look, this is like a, you know, this is my golden opportunity, which I, I really do feel will happen.
2: Yeah. I mean, I've gotten the stuff moved somehow but it would probably be a lot easier if i got a rep back on board so you never know
1: yeah. well thanks again for coming on zach and uh, we'll, catch, we'll catch we'll catch up both. with you down the road and merry christmas yeah,
0: thank you merry Sounds christmas great. merry
2: christmas to you guys
1: i am just reveling in speaking to Zach, I've been trying to get Zach on the show for, uh, at least since the beginning of season one, before that, even probably when we first thought up the idea of Screamer's podcast, we were thinking like, who would be cool Christmas horror crossover? Zach Khan was always top of the list. So the persistence as always got us to the front of the line with Zach. He agreed to be on and we were so happy to talk to him. That was so cool.
0: Very cool. Really loved it. I love that he's a horror purist. I know. Like, Isn't he neat? is, you know, especially with the background in doing more comedy, like like he's so in horror and I love some of the stuff he said. Like, I do feel that like I I like horror comedy, but it it does get tiresome. And I love I really good horror is what fires me up. So I, I love that. I, I can't wait to see like the next thing he does.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And until next week, because we're now we're going into the holidays here. Actually, we're hitting all the holidays because next week, New Year's Eve, we got a bang new episode coming your way. We don't stop for anything. We are going week to Mm-mm. week to week. We are not stopping next week. Even though you're going to be on vacation for the week, we're still doing our episode next Friday for New Year's Eve. We're going to do a little celebration, a little New Year's Eve confetti, all that fun stuff. But you're headed on vacation, which is really fun. I enjoy your vacation, Katie, for the week. Hope you have fun out in, Ca- you. out in Cali. Yes, Cali. well, I'm
0: in Cali. I'm just going south. That's right. I hope you have fun <laughs> in
1: the southern or part of Cali's. Your drive down. Have a safe drive, and we'll talk again next week on New Year's Eve. We'll party then. And you know, everybody that's listening today, it's a wonderful day. Spend time with your family or friends, whoever you've got. Hold them close. Hold them near. You know, have a, a great Christmas Eve for the, those of you who celebrate. Just, just make it wonderful. I know we really would be nothing without. The fans because it keeps us going on this show you know every week i look and i just see the interest in the show and how many people are listening from all over the world it's a touching thing so thanks for spending your christmas eve with us have a wonderful christmas if you celebrate tomorrow if you want to hit us up during the week or so in our vacations we're still checking our social media networks we're on twitter at screamwriters pc we're on instagram at screamwriters podcast you can hit us up, screamwriterspodcast.com. We're also on Facebook. You know, anywhere you get social. We're thinking about being in the metaverse at some point. I'm hearing this metaverse thing, so maybe he'll have, like, Scream Writers Podcast with an antenna and, like, in the metaverse and you can come visit me and Katie. We'll have a little, like, avatars. And be like, oh. Yeah,
0: we'll have a little avatars on a little, on a little stage with our yeah. avatar guest and,
1: yeah. oh, that might be fun. That would be fun. I can't wait for the metaverse. Woo! Let's go! Again, Merry Christmas and uh, keep writing.
0: And stay scared.